0: Another classic kid story. This comes from Aesop's fable. This is the story of the tortoise and the hare. Or again, we're in the South, it's a turtle and a rabbit. I mean, you can call it whatever you want to, Aesop, but it's a turtle and it's a rabbit. <laughs> and I think most of us have heard that story many times. And you've got this turtle versus a rabbit. And the rabbit has a rotten attitude, talking smack to the old turtle, the turtle on its way to, with a mission, doing something, and the rabbit's leaning up against a fence post and mocking the turtle. You're never going to get there at that speed. And finally, the old turtle says, I've had enough. Tomorrow we race. We race tomorrow. And so the, the rabbit just talking all kinds of smack against the turtle, and they line up. And here we go. It's time to run. And on your mark, get set, go. And that rabbit quickly hops out of sight. And some say that then it was moving backwards, moonwalking. I don't know if it was moonwalking, but it was, it was just having all kinds of fun against the old turtle. And ha, 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 look at that turtle. It's so pitiful. You can't do anything. And the, the rabbit is actually like, man, it wouldn't be fun to end the race now. I want to gloat a little. I want, to, I want to, you know, call him a loser as we're going across the finish line. And so he says, I've got time to take a nap. So he curls up under a tree, and the rabbit takes a nap. And here comes the old turtle, plodding along as he passes the rabbit slowly and steadily, one footprint after another, quietly passes the old rabbit until it's closely approaching the finish line and the rabbit is stirred from its slumber and says, oh no! The turtle is ahead and he quickly tries to catch up but it's too late. The turtle won the race. According to a turtle, Steady wins the race. So according to a turtle, you got to stay with your shell. But also according to a turtle... It's steady wins the race. It's not hot and cold. Back and forth. We live in a microwave society. I want success, and I want it yesterday. I want to order my cheeseburger, and I want it right now. If I have to pause, Brother Angel can testify of this. If i got to wait 30 seconds for my iced coffee, I want to know if they had to go to China to get it. I just, you know, I'm over there. Come on, i got to get to church. We want everything now. We want to move quickly and we are fast at inspiration. A message can be preached, a song can be sung, and our hearts can almost explode out of our chest feeling the inspiration from the Lord. The Lord can move upon us and we are ready to run quickly. We like, and I'm speaking me as well, we like grand gestures, we like big conferences, we like flashy events. We do. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. They have their places. We like the encouragement we can get from a service. And we can quickly shoot out of the back doors like a rabbit. Woo! Let's go! But then at just, the, just a moment's notice, at just one little, little little bump in the road or one coarse word from someone, suddenly we can lose that inspiration. We go from, yippee, I'm called. I'm on fire for God. I'm going to change the world. I'm anointed. To suddenly, I thought Jesus loved me. (laughs) Oh, You can act like you've never done that. I know I have. (laughs) And we can then go take a nap. And then we wait for the next big event. Yeah, yippee! You know I'm telling the truth. That's why y'all got quieter on me. (laughs) We must learn that it's steady wins the race. Not here today and gone tomorrow. Not faithful for a month and backslidden for the next. Hello. Hello. Not a good attitude one day, and a rotten one the next. We've got to learn how to be steadfast. (laughs) Hebrews chapter, actually, let me back up. Here's a warning for you. I had to throw this into my notes as I saw this. Psalm 78 warns us. Look at verse 8. Basically, I'm going to paraphrase. Don't be like those fathers, stubborn, a rebellious generation, that set not their heart aright, listen, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Oh, they had highs. Oh, they had miracles. Oh, they, they saw clouds and they heard the rumbles from the, the top. but they were not steadfast. Verse 37, it says, their heart was not right with them, neither were they steadfast in his co- covenant. I'm all in with you, Lord. Covenant. And then, no, take me back to Egypt. Egypt, I'll, I'm in agreement with you, Lord. No, I don't want all of that. We have to learn that steady wins the race. That's what Hebrews 12.1 says. Let us lay aside every weight. Not some of them, every weight every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience. Cheerful endurance. That's what it means there. Cheerful endurance. Able to keep pace one day after another. Able to be faithful in the good times and the bad times. Able to be steady no matter who's around you. Able to be steady if you're at church or if you're at home. Learning to just be patient, steadfast, faithful. You don't have to look any further than the great example of Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right on Father Abraham. Have many sons, and many sons. And you do that, that's the longest song in the world. Sunday school teachers do that because you start that song at the beginning of Sunday school, and by the time you reach the end of it, Sunday school's over. (laughs) Takes half an hour to sing it. Not really. (laughs) Look at Father Abraham, the father of the faithful, this great man. Genesis chapter 12, blessings are promised. Come on, Abram, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to do wonderful things with your life. You look at Genesis chapter 13, verse 15, and it says this, Lord, the Lord talking to Abram, All the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever. I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. What a promise from God. A divine intention so grand and it's like it's it's like the sand on the seashore, or it numbers like the dust that collects in the house. That's how how big your family tree is going to be. And, and arise, he says in verse 17, walk through the land and the, the length of it, the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. Abram removed his tent and starts building an altar and following after the Lord. I'm going to bless you, Abram. I'm going to use you, Abram. I'm going to do wonderful things through you and through your lineage, Abram. Just get up and start walking. Glory! Hallelujah. Services, is, uh, you're dismissed, and now Abram goes out, and nothing happens. Not for five minutes, not for five years. I'm just walking. I'm just obeying. I'm just following. I'm just trusting year after year goes by without any children but I'm going to have a family tree that numbers like the dust of the earth and I'm an old man and I don't have one child Abram had to learn and to teach his family that steady wins the race I'm too old. My wife is barren. But after the excitement wore off, his faith did not fizzle out. <laughs> Steady wins the race. Steady wins the race. Steady wins the race. And you look in Hebrews and it calls him this great father of faith in verse 8. By faith Abram when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive after for an inheritance, not knowing where he went. It's something that he was going to receive after. It's not right now. It's not right here. It's down the road a ways. It's down a generation or two. It's something that you've got to be willing to be steadfast about. And I'm talking to a church full of people that, yes, you have heard from God. I'm talking to people you have callings on your life the anointing of the Lord on your life, and you feel and you've heard a promise from the Lord, and there's some kind of divine intention that's hovering in the the atmosphere over your life and over your family, but you can't fizzle out when it doesn't happen on your timetable. I can't get frustrated whenever it doesn't happen the way I want it to or when I want it to. Abram, the promise is true. The thing is true. True, but you've got to learn that steady wins the race. Saint of God, I can't tell you when it's going to come to pass. I can't tell you how it's ac- exactly going to work out. All I know is the way you're going to get to where to that promise from the Lord is it's steady. It's by being faithful. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Great. You're going to get the victory Awesome, but how are we going to get there? Next verse, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. The turtle teaches us that steady wins the race steady wins the race faithfulness is what's going to get you there Matthew 10:22 says he that endures to the end shall be saved. It's not the flash in the pan. It's not the one that's just filled with all the excitement. That's great. Inspiration is good. But it's the one that is faithful that's going to get there. And if you've been called of God, you don't need to give up. You don't need to turn back. You just need to stay steady. You just need to keep moving forward. Because Galatians 6, 9 says... Let let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if you faint. Not, if you'll just keep pace, if you'll just keep moving forward, if you'll just keep marching, one day at a time, one step after another, steady wins the race. I'm talking to people that you're closer than you think to that victory. You're closer than you think to that breakthrough. And the way you're going to get there is one step at a time. (laughs) Lift your hands. Let's pray for a moment. I'm talking to people. This is where you're at right here. This is where you're at right here. You don't lack in the inspiration. You don't lack in the talent. God's plan is true. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. Uh, but what happens is is your faith fizzles out when adversity comes you've got to learn how to march through it you've got to learn how to stay steady no matter what the enemy is saying no matter what the world is doing no matter who hurts your feelings saint of God you need to square your shoulders and march forward (laughs) just be steadfast Just be steady. Your faithfulness is more important than your speed. Because there's some people, glory, hallelujah, and then, oh. Hallelujah. No. We have to learn how to. Daddy wins the race. How are you going to get there? You don't need another word of prophecy. You don't need me to, to be your spiritual cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. You can win. If you nobody can except you, you don't need all of that. You don't need all of that. All you got to do is be confident oh, yes. Oh, yes. that your God is not a liar. He is not a man that he should lie and if he said it he meant it it just takes somebody that's willing to march forward by faith what are you doing Abram I'm looking for a city that has foundations I'm sure I'm securing a future for my children oh we have a nation of Israel it's a small country but it, it, it dominates the global everyone talks about Israel why? because there was an Abraham saying steady wins the race steady wins the race God's got something for my people God is going to use me as a conduit of blessing pray for another moment I feel the Holy Ghost here right now you just got to get stubborn enough to believe God's word and keep moving forward. Don't blame anyone. Don't worry what anyone else is doing. Just be steady. Just be steady. Follow after the plan of God. You don't need me to prophesy over you, you don't need anyone else to do it. If God said it, it settles it. Just be steady and pursue it. <laughs> All right. got to move on for time's sake. Repeat after me. Say, stay with your shell. With your shell. Beautiful. Next one. Steady wins the race. the race. Last one is not a kid's story, but rather it's a quote. It's a quote that I heard many years ago, and I love it. We have turtles that live uh, on our land, and they come out from time to time. And I can testify This is the truth. Here's the quote. Behold the turtle. He makes progress only when he sticks out his neck. This is your, your last great revelation for the day. I hope you're taking detailed notes. You ready? Behold the turtle. He only makes progress when he sticks out his neck. Those little turtles... Me and the kids come running up, and Samuel. Aah! And what does that thing do? <laughs> my shell, see my <laughs> shell. Ah! I can't do it. Ah! There's, there's ah! There's no way. Ah! Yes, yes, yes. You can't get anywhere living in fear. Yes. You can't get anywhere when you are unwilling to take a risk. No, 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 listen. Progress requires risk. Calculated risk. And by calculated, I ain't talking about some business world calculations. I'm talking about spiritual calculations. Getting in the Word of God. Getting in prayer. Getting spiritual counsel. But whenever you talk about it long enough, and you feel right about it, and it seems right, there comes a point when the talking must cease and you must be willing to say, "Well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if we're I don't know if we're equipped enough and I don't I don't know if the church can afford that and I don't know if we're going to be able to." There comes a point when it's ordained by God that you just got to say, "It's time to do this." There comes a point. There comes a point in your careers. Where you have to make a decision. Do I stay where I'm at? Be miserable? Be against God's will and not able to be involved with what the Lord is doing? Or am I going to stick out my neck? (laughs) Heroes go down in history. But let me tell you, also chickens do. And Nehemiah... (laughs) They're rebuilding the walls of the holy city. Now, did I I clarify that enough? I'm not telling you to do dumb things. I'm not telling you to do ignorant things. I'm not telling you to do sinful things. But, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight, and you can never fully calculate faith. But whenever the word of God and the the man of God and all these things line up, and we say, man, let's just do it, you need to just go full throttle. Look in Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 20. It talks of this great man who is helping rebuild this holy city. The walls have been in desolation. It's a cry and shame, the shape that the nation is in. And look at at how it speaks of Barak. It says, oh, after him, Barak earnestly repaired the the other pieces. And It just kind of just, uh, you read through it, and it doesn't really talk to, it just says, you know, this one did that, this one did that. But he earnestly repaired and then look, though, on the opposite end of the spectrum at verse 5. Here, here's, some, here's some turtly language for you. You ready? Verse 5. And next unto them, when it came for them to do their part, and next unto them the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. I did what was asked of me, but I didn't stick out my neck. I did the work but I didn't take any risks or take it to the next level yes, yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> I know they're talking about bearing burdens right there but you have the example of two different people Barak says I'm going to do that and I'm going to do everything else that's asked of me to the best of my abilities the Tekoite said I'll show up and I'll do the work but it says they didn't stick out their necks There comes a point when the people of God, when we've got to be willing to, by faith, take some risks. I ain't talking about ignorance. I ain't talking about doing dumb stuff. But I'm talking about following the will of God. And I'm talking about stepping out on faith and pursuing the plan of God for your life. You've got to be willing to fully commit. You've got to be willing to put out your neck and say, If God said it, I'm gonna do it. If the word of God said it, I'm gonna obey it. If my preacher prophesied it, I'm going to obey it. You wanna get somewhere, you gotta stick out your neck. Look at your neighbor, say, Stick out your neck. Say, Stick out your neck. (laughs) We're in the middle. I know we could focus. I'm not even just talking about a building program right now. But that definitely plays into it. There comes a point. Some of the things we're going to discuss, some of the things we're going to do, it's going to take us going from, ah, to going. Let's do it. There's going to be things for your own finances that the Lord's going to ask of you that if you'd be faithful with it, it's actually going to end up being your biggest blessing. But it's going to require sticking out your neck. Amen, let's do it. Amen, let's obey it. Amen, let's go. Amen, let's build. Amen, let's, let's have revival. Let's grow. Both physically and spiritually, the church is growing. We are going places. The church has grown numerically. Even in the midst of this pandemic, God has sent new souls. Uh, There are new people that's connected to this church this year. We aren't just barely maintaining. We're moving forward. But it's not just numerical it's spiritual. I'm telling you we have evangelists here and they talk about the expectation they feel. They talk about the power that they can feel here. It's not because of just us naturally. It's because we've got some people that you've been sticking out your neck saying, "Let's see what God will do." Let's have revival. <laughs> Let's reach the lost. Let's evangelize. Let's see God move in a mighty way. <laughs> <laughs> if we want miracles Like peop, like the common person Does not see Then we have to be willing to do What the common person won't do If, every, if everyone did it But everyone's not going to it Doesn't matter if it's your career Doesn't matter if it's the church It takes someone willing to say I've heard from God This is going to hurt, but let's go. You got to stick out your neck. Don't believe me. Talk to the original, the OG risk taker, Peter. I love Peter because I can relate to the brother. Always getting in trouble for things he was saying. Always. I mean, he had a word to say, and he didn't have brain cells to, to properly process what he was saying. I like that man. (laughs) And he's like, oh, wait. I probably shouldn't have been talking right there. But you look at Peter. He was a risk taker. Yeah, he was. You look in in Matthew chapter 14. and Jesus comes walking on the water. Jesus moving on the water. All the disciples, the Bible says, they're scared. Ah! What are we going to do? But Peter says, Is that really you, Jesus? Jesus, is that you out there? Other disciples ready to wait for Jesus to walk to the boat. But Peter says, if that's you out there, then that's where I want to go. And Jesus says, come, come, come. And Peter steps over the bow of the boat And he does what only the Lord Jesus Christ ever did. He walks on the water. Now I'll tell you, some of y'all are thinking it right now. People will instantly go to the negative. But he sunk. And Jesus had to pull him up by the hand. Yeah? Yeah? But he walked on water. He did what no one else did. Haters can sit around and say, oh, yeah, look at him failing over there. <laughs> yeah, well, he made a mistake over there. Yeah, but he walked on wild water. He did what nobody else did. Faith requires stepping out. It requires getting out of your comfort zone and being willing to do what the common Christian won't. Come on, Peter. The Lord has said, come. Yeah, you might stumble. Yeah, you might sink at some point. But you don't worry about what anyone else is saying. You just walk. You just step out. Come on, God is calling us right now. Oh, I feel the Lord bidding us come, come, take a step, take a risk, do what you've never done by faith. We're not talking about gambling in Vegas, we're talking about being faithful in the kingdom. It requires a risk, but you will be rewarded. (laughs) Risk takers get rewarded. (laughs) yeah well he sunk on the water yeah but he walked on water and my bible lets me know he walked on water was one of Jesus' closest friends held the keys to the kingdom of heaven and preached on the day of Pentecost risk takers get rewarded You can sit in the boat and analyze all day long but there comes a point when the Lord is saying come, come, come I feel the Holy Ghost right now come, come move, take a step it's time to take a risk I don't know exactly what all that means for you I got a good idea for for the church as a whole but for you, the Lord might be saying it's time to step out (laughs) <laughs> it's safer in the boat, I know it's easier in the boat, I know we'll just wait for Jesus to come to us. you look at peter another another example we're about to pray we we're, we're done in john chapter twenty one after the resurrection. here comes jesus again he's on he's on, he's out there, and there you know the disciples are out on the boat, and Jesus is somewhere over on the seashore and here, here it is. It, he says, cast your net on the right side of the ship, you shall find. You know, ta-da, we catch a multitude of fish. What I want to look at is verse 7. Because this is what it says. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John. John always talks about whom Jesus loved. The disciple, it was a very loving relationship. I just want you to see this, though. Whom Jesus loved, saith unto Peter... It is the Lord. I want you to see this. I want you to see John and Peter for just a moment as we get ready to come to this altar. As we get ready to pray. I want you to see this. John has revelation. It is the Lord. He's got the knowledge. He's got the information. He has the word. But he doesn't do anything with it. He saith unto Peter, it's the Lord. John has a revelation. He has the understanding. But look at the difference in responses. John, revelation. (laughs) Peter, risk taker. (laughs) Because it says, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that, he girt his fisher's coat on him and did cast himself into the sea. Revelation is great. And we got lots of folks that they know what to do. Woo. We know what to do. We got truth. We got doctrine. We got revelation. And we got John saying, Oh, it's the Lord. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. We've got revelation. But what we need is some Peters that when they get the revelation, it says he took his coat, put it back on. And he cast himself into the sea. We got to get some people that's willing to go overboard. We got enough revelation. You got enough understanding. We could fill volumes of books. We've got truth. We've got doctrine. We know what to do. We got plenty of Johns with Revelation. What we need is some Peters that will rise up. And when they get the word, they say, "Let's go. I'm all in." And he dove into the water and made his way to Jesus. I'm telling you, we—it's time for us to take some risks. It's time for us to go beyond what's comfortable, what's easy, what's just uh, what's 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 required of us. And it's time to go. Overboard, stand to your feet with me. It is the Lord, great John. Thanks for that understanding. And jumps in and makes it to Jesus again. We're not talking about ignorance, we're not talking about doing dumb stuff, we're talking about doing faith stuff. And it's time to go overboard, it's time for us to take a leap of faith. Lots of people with knowledge. Lots of people with understanding. But it's time for us to move from revelation to risk-taking. <laughs> I just feel like giving sacrificially. But it's going to hurt. I know. <laughs> Take a risk. I just feel like giving the church a couple extra hours of my time in the, on a the certain evening. But it's going to cost me some overtime. Take the risk. I feel like the Lord is rearranging my work schedule. It's going to cost me an extra $100 a week, but I feel like it's the will of God. Take the risk! <laughs> if you do, you'll be blessed like never before. Take a risk and commit wholeheartedly, if you do, you will experience the power of God like never before. (laughs) I don't know which word spoke most to your heart this morning. (laughs) You got three to choose from. Stay with your church, steady wins the race, or stick out your neck. But one way or another, the Lord is talking to the church. I want you to play that no sweeter name softly on the keyboard for me. And I'm going to ask you right now to lift your hands and close your eyes. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Lord bidding, come. Come. Come to me. Take a step of faith. Take a move. Oh, do something. I feel the Lord drawing right now. (laughs) I don't know where you're at, what you're facing or what you're going through. But it's time to do something. (laughs) <laughs> if you're comfortable coming to an altar you're more than welcome respect people's faces don't go up laying hands on people if they don't want you around but wherever you're at if you're in your seat make that seat your altar <laughs> you can turn around you can do something but let's recommit to the Lord right now let's talk to the Lord right now I'm talking to some of you some of you I know because you talked to me even last week saying I just feel like giving I feel like sacrificing that's not the devil at work that's the Lord like he was talking to Peter come, come don't wait for him to get all the way to the boat risk takers go overboard hallelujah hallelujah they're going to sing softly (laughs) begin to pray begin to seek after the Lord right now Turn Sister Lacey's mic on. (laughs) Make sure the instruments are on. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Take a risk. I'm talking to some of you. You've had one foot in the church, but you haven't been fully committed yet. Don't just dabble your toes in these waters any longer. Dive overboard. Jump in. (laughs) well no one else is doing it I know if it was easy everyone would do it take a risk stick out your neck go overboard give liberally Uh I see some husbands and wives right now, you bind together, oh yes.